Have you ever seen a goal from inside your own half in a cup final? What happens when your goalie gets sent off in the first minute? And can a 21-year-old still make it in the professional game? Find out on this week's episode of the Youth Football Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Youth Football Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Benny, joined as ever by my co-host, Robbie McDonald's. But I'll tell you, that was not supposed to be the case today. We are here, as we are every single Wednesday, bringing you all the latest from youth football and grassroots football across Scotland. Now, Robbie, you weren't supposed to be here today. Um, unfortunately for our viewers, they're going to have to put up with your terrible voice for the next hour. What's happened? I thought you would miss me too much, so I made I made sure to get out of uni nice and early to make it in time for the highlight of the week. Yeah, Robbie, um, of course, goes to the Glasgow Caledonian University, the the, the, sec- the second best university in, in Glasgow. Um, and, and speaking of being second best, I'm, I'm delighted to say I'm, I'm joined by um, two reporters who also go to the second best university in Edinburgh. We've got Angus Blacklock and Logan Back from the the Edinburgh Napier University, two fantastically talented reporters working for NRG Sport and, of course, Youth Football Scotland. They'll be here. To, to talk all about the, the grassroots matches they had taken in over the weekend. Robbie, is it, is it an honour and a privilege to have um, two reporters that, that, that go to a, such a greater educational establishment than yourself? I would, have to, I would have to disagree with that one. It's good having some people on who go to a, a university better than Strathclyde, though. So we're happy to have the both yeah, great introduction. <laughs> so, um, for, for those that, that, that don't know, um, as, as I previously introduced, Angus and Logan are also um, reporters with ourselves at Youth Football Scotland. They've been taking in uh, some fantastic matches over the weekend, some cup finals. So we're going to spend today talking in depth about some of the cup finals that happened over the weekend and during last week at school level, at grassroots level, boys club level. And then we've got a very, very special guest coming on in the second half of the programme. And it's Academy Director at Hibernian Football Club, Steve Keane. You can remember back in the day, Steve used to be Blackburn Rovers manager. He's worked at a, a number of clubs in a variety of different coaching capacities now at Hibs Academy Director. I know some of you boys have had the, the privilege of watching the Hibs 19s in the UEL, sorry, the, the UYL and um, the Scottish Reserve League as well. So it'd be fantastic to, to chat about him. Now, Robbie, um, this is episode three now. We've, we've enjoyed the, the first two, but I think we've got our first super fans. Um, I noticed a tweet today from, from the Harmony Road 2013's account saying that they're really enjoying the podcast. You got anything you'd like to say to them? Just... Greatly appreciate them tuning in. We hope that they'll continue continue to do so. And I'm sure be able to get some of them on down the line. Yeah, yeah, we'd absolutely love to to get the, the Harmony Road 2013's boys on on the podcast. So whoever runs that Twitter page, if you're listening, which I hope you are, again, get in touch with us. Podcasts at youthfootballscotland.co.uk and we'll get yourselves on the podcast. Now, before we get into the juicy stuff, before we talk about the cup finals, lads, Something happened at the weekend involving two of our reporters, and I have to share it. Angus, massive supporter of Heart of Midlothian. Robbie, massive supporter of Ross County. Here we go. Was it, what was it, 6-1 at the weekend to Angus's lot up at up at Tyne Castle? Angus, you get anything you'd like to say to Robbie? Uh, 
bigger challenge ahead next next week and uh, next for a couple of weeks. I think they're clearly a championship level club. They could never they couldn't get a touch on Hearts all, all game. A Hearts side that lost six the last six games. So yeah, I think it, they should be they'll be waving bye bye to the Premiership in a few weeks. Oh, Robbie, you're taking that. To be honest, it's pretty it's pretty hard to hard to disagree with. To be honest, <laughs> this time last year I was looking out looking at my passport open for a trip to Europe and now I'm, now I'm looking at train tickets to Arbroath so it's been a bit of a, a fall from grace Well in the championship Robbie you might meet Logan's team Logan massive the firm on Athletic fan of course just recently secured promotion Logan are you looking forward to your trips to Dingwall to meet Robbie next season? Yeah, as long as it's not midweek um, I mean I went up to Peterhead a few weeks ago um, on a Tuesday night and that, that was tragic so as long as we get on a Saturday I'm sure it'll be fine and I'm sure it'll be a easy three points on two occasions so I've got to ask Logan a very important question here because he's got I would say maybe spot loyalties here um, you could say he's got a vested interest in in, in five football and, and League One football uh, Logan I believe you're, a, you're an employee at Kelly Hearts we know you're the a commentator, media and operations assistant as well, but you're a big Dunfermline fan, so I've got to ask you, who's the best club in Fife? Oh, no, no, no. Um... <laughs> Come on, answer it truthfully and we'll get that P45 <laughs> on your desk tomorrow. <laughs> um... You're on the record here. Oh, no, actually. Um, I mean... <laughs> As results go, I would say they're filming at the moment, but um, I got my job kept, so <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. They know I'm a Dunfermline fan, so I'm sure they'll be fine. With. Well, there there are some some fantastic teams in in Fife at the moment, lads. Um, particularly at school level, that leads us nicely onto our, our first topic: the the Fife schools um, FA Cup finals were taking place just last week whilst we were recording. So, congratulations to our. Uh, our winners under 18 girls level in Verkeven, under 16 boys was Kirkcaldy and under 17 boys was also in Verkeven. Um Logan, Fife man yourself, have, uh, have you sampled Fife skills football in the past? Any success? Um, not played it. Um, was definitely not good enough to, to play in any cup finals, but um, certainly seen when I went to Dunfermline High School. Um, they had a good, really good uh, seniors team at the time. Um, I think Queen Anne at my age group as well we're, we're got to a Scottish Cup final at one point as well so um, and most of them went on to play in the programme so um, recently I've not I've not sampled as much as I'd like to but I'm sure it's a good standard as we've seen this weekend Yeah, congratulations to, to all of the winners from that, for, from that one of course um, Now, we've got to talk about some Cup finals we've, we've managed to see over the weekend Have you been watching the goals, lads, from the notes? Some absolute beauties in there. Um, Angus, don't get too excited. Don't worry, we'll talk about that screamer uh, from the boyfriend, the Cameron, in a minute. But first, we've got to talk about uh, Arneston Rangers Blue against Gallifrey Dean Rovers. 2-1 to, to Arneston. Game was played at, at, at New Dundas uh, Park. It was under-30s Ken Ritchie Cup final, in which Arneston Rangers managed a 2-1 victory. Um, Why have you had, you had a chance to, to, to catch the highlights? Anyone? I have, yeah. Great free kick for uh, the equaliser. Um, and then to go on the pre- the pressing from the attacking line to get the winner uh, showed that they're probably deserved winners. I think. Yeah, I, I was watching the highlights as well. How bad was the weather, man? Oh, you, you go and play a cup final in mid April, the middle of spring. You're thinking, ah, 
lovely sunny day out. You know, you get the mums on the on the hill with the sandwiches and the coffee ready. No, it was absolutely pouring it down. Look, it looked awful to play in. But I, as you said, Robbie, fantastic, fantastic free kick. As you said, sorry, Angus, we're talking about that that equaliser from Ben that stuck it right in the top corner. What a beauty that was. Definitely. And uh, you see as well, the youth level are starting to uh, put in that draft that's called there as well, the wee, the wee man under the wall. What is that? Yeah. Like, yeah uh, so. I, I know, uh, do, you think, do you think that, I mean, call me old school, the oldest boy on this podcast at, at the age of 21, and I don't get it. Come on. Uh, if you look at the weather, if, if, if my keeper's asking me to lie along the floor, potentially get battered in the back of a football, come on. No, I, I have to agree, but... Uh, like a great goal. Otherwise, uh, obviously, it made no difference. Then. But uh, yeah, a great goal from from Ben to get the equaliser. Yeah, well, Ben clearly didn't uh, didn't need to go under the wall. That that decision was made for him. So he just thought, you know what, I'm going to stick this right over it and right into the top corner. Fantastic free kick. So congratulations to Anderson Rangers for the two one victory over Gallifrey Dean um, and crowning themselves under 13s Ken Ritchie Cup final champions. We can hear. From uh, from Craig, the the manager of Arneston Rangers, we got a little interview with him post match. Well, I think listen. Firstly, I think yeah, listen. You've got to thank Alan Archibald and the league guys today. First final of the whole season. They're always putting a good show for us, and uh, great having the set up today. Gala, I thought were tremendous. Takes two teams in a final. Could have gone either way, to be honest. You know they've gone ahead. We had to come back into it, but it made for a great game. Great supporters here as well. Great start to the, the final season. Um, I can't take away from you guys. Absolutely brilliant. I'm so chuffed for them. I, do you know what? It was a bit of a team effort today. It was. I thought both teams were probably a, bit, a little nervous, which you expect under 13's final. Um, I know it's much football in show, but second half we maybe a bit more composure, and the goals came for a second half. Well, it's almost and upwards. Um, I'm so happy for them. When we started the season with 12 players, out of the 12 players we had five of them that had been playing Beckham's and Dan football at sevens, nines. And just risen up, got a couple of pals in. That's one final in the bag. Um, got a league and another cup to play for, so the only way is up. So delighted. Yeah, fantastic cup final, especially a big fan of Ben's equaliser there with the, with the free kick. But now, time to talk about the, the goal of the weekend. Angus, you were there um, for Musselboro Windsor versus Bonnie Rig Rose, also at Newton this Park, um, for it was. <laughs> this was a Division 1 League Cup final for South East Region Youth Football League um, Bonnie Rig Rose winning that one 3-1 Angus just talk us through the game Yeah a great game like you said uh, earlier in the early match the weather wasn't great um, uh, but uh, look, didn't, it didn't um, hamper the spectacle of the match both teams played some great stuff uh, on the ground played some great football but in the end Bonnie Rig were probably deserved winners I'd, I'd have to say yeah, Logan, have you had a chance to catch any of the highlights for this one? Yeah, I seen I seen the the free kick. Um, I mean, it was a stunning strike. I mean, uh, not often you see you see goals like that, and it was just I, I don't even the audacity to even hit it from that range as well. It was just stunning, to be honest. I'm going. I'm going to ask my my glamorous assistant, um, co-host Robbie McDonald, for his thoughts on the game. But I think it goes without saying that goal was absolutely incredible. I think he probably meant it. Is there, is there calls that it could have been a cross? I, I, I don't know what you've been watching, Robbie. It's definitely not a cross. He's absolutely meant that all the way. Um, for, for, those, for those that haven't seen it, 
please go head over to our social media channels and, and look for the goal. I've just posted the clip on, on TikTok a few hours ago because um, Finlay Cameron has scored goal of the season. I don't care what level you're playing at, where it is, this could be Puskas stuff. Inside his own half, free kick, as Logan says, he's got absolutely no right to be hitting it from there. Um, and he just, just thinks, uh, bear in mind, so they, were, they, were, they were already 1-0 down, right? Equalise. Then I think Finlay puts them 2-1 ahead again. So I Finlay puts them 2-1 ahead. And then, do you know what? Just to seal the game, he's like, I'm going to absolutely welly this in at the top corner from own half. It was like, do you remember, did it, who was the boy that scored the goal for Hamburg? Was it Chucky Noglu? Remember that goal? It wasn't, it wasn't. I wasn't in his own. It wasn't in his own half. That one. That was like kind of on the edge of the, the day. He just knuckleballed it, like from fifty yards or whatever. This was like that. Like it was one of those ones that it was. It was the same um, height off the ground the whole way and just goes right under the roof and an absolute screamer. Um, Angus, you were at the game. A couple of goals for Finley Cameron. Was he the star man on the day? Yeah, of course. I spoke to him after the after match, and he said he saw the keeper off his line, so he just had to have a shot. So, um, yeah, definitely wasn't a cross Robbie if he uh, edited that interview. Um, but, yeah, it was a great goal. Uh, but get a brace in a cup final uh, in a game like that. Yeah, you've got to be a star man if you're getting a brace in a cup final and winning it. Robbie, what about his knee slides as well? Both goals. See what, see what it's, it's rainy. It's, it's something I've never actually had the chance to do. Because, well, one, I'm going bl- to blame it on the lack of conditions that I've never played in, in proper rainy weather. But it's not. It's just because I never score, right? But, Right, I just looked brilliant. Cup final, it just goes into the corner uh, in the Dundas Park. Bang, two knee slides back to back. What a feeling that must be. Yeah, there's no, there's no better celebration. I don't think that's even a debate. That knee slide, just the perfect way to cap off a goal, especially in a cup final like that. Yeah, I, I think that you'd be doing um, very well to beat, uh, to beat the the knee slide from from Finlay at the weekend. It was so, it was just. See the pace he's got. He's going at and at the corner both times. He got all his all his boys backing him up as well. There's boys with the boys throwing their tops off. Crowd going absolutely crazy. Just uh, oh, I, I missed the cup final days. Um, no cup finals for me this season, unsurprisingly. Um, anyway, moving move, moving on from from that game again. Congratulations to uh, Bonnie Rig Rose for winning three one. So we will hear from manager Danny Burnett, who was speaking to our man Angus Blackhawk post match. Uh, delighted with the result, um, boys deserve that to be fair, they were knocking on the door, some great saves from their goalkeeper, great gritted team performance, the boys were tremendous today. Uh, but now that's one down, we've got two to go, we've got the league title to go for now and the uh, Federation Hearts which will be at Tynecastle, so we're going for the treble this year. Yeah, Congratulations to Bonnie Rigrose, fantastic 3-1 victory in the Division 1 League Cup final over Musselburgh Windsor. Um, we've got another game to talk about from the weekend, Logan you were busy. Um, you were out in Rotha, that's the darkest life God have sent you all over the place um, for us to beat Bayside 3 0. Uh, Logan, just talk us through that one. Yeah, so um, it was a tight first half. Um, two teams trying to, obviously, I think it was deemed before the match that, that one side would, would go and then comfortably win the game, but it, wa- it wasn't the case. Um, certainly in the first half, um, it was between Dalek Juniors and Bayside. Um, Dalek did have their chances in the first half, um, but the Bayside defence stayed resilient to to try and get go into the, the halftime interval uh, goalless. Second half, Dalek kind of took control, goals in the early first, two goals in the first 10 minutes of the second half kind of Killed the game off a of Bayside and then a, a third goal 
um, which was a brilliant solo goal from the, the, the my chosen player of the match, Danny Kinnanmouth, um, which kind of kind of sealed a, a brilliant cup win for Dulwich. Hey, you just touched on it there. Your your chosen player of the match, Danny bagging bagging a brace in a cup final as well. Just how impressive was he? Yeah, well, he started on the bench actually. What? They did. They did have a few impressive substitutes. To be fair to them, um, brought on uh, the, the number nine striker who was causing causing bother up front as well, and then uh, Danny who who came on at right midfield and obviously got the two goals. But they made changes after forty minutes, just just before half time, um, and then which oh, I thought just wait till half time. But then obviously the, the changes worked anyway, so I'm not sure the manager will be complaining. But yeah, Danny was definitely definitely a standout. And we can hear from the Dog Juniors manager and three players a busy, busy interview panel there speaking to Logan back post-match. Well, I thought we played pretty good, to be honest. First half, should have probably scored about four, but we didn't. Then second half, we got a goal, so uh, deserved winners, I reckon. I think it's uh, a big thing for the club because, you know, we've not really won very much and um, it's just brilliant to do it. And I think in the second half, we brought it through uh, with effort levels and it shows that we wanted it. Uh, uh, we've been doing all right, just some slacking results. Games we should have won, but we lost in that. And then but we're winning games that we should be winning, but we're also losing some that we should be winning. But that's something to work on in training and all that. Oh, lads, I know this is this is quite early. Some of these cup finals are, are quite early, but as we approach me, it's proper cup final season. Now, I, I just want to kind of go around and get your memories of, of playing in cup finals. I'm not sure if, if any of you chums have even managed to, to make it to one, but Robbie, have, have you got any memories of, of cup finals? And yet you can't say the, the County League cup final. Oh, playing myself, I've played in two, I think, from high school age. I remember... One, we played at the Inverness Caledonian Stadium. So, of course, I was I chucked that game on purpose. Didn't want to didn't want to lift a trophy on that pitch. <laughs> when we finally well, well, got back, right, I, I need to know what was what was uh, what was going through your head when you're wandering about those changing rooms. We were well. To be fair, actually, we were in the away change room, which was a blessing. I put in a put in a request for that before the game, but walking down the tunnel, I just couldn't believe that there's. There's footballers who have to go through that every second week. Can you made almost made me feel sorry for them. Just while we were talking about cup finals, guys, I wanted to, to tell you about a, a, an experience I had once back in the day. I think it was the Fourth Valley Football Development Association, fifteens or sixteens league cup final back in the day. Right, so we'd we'd had a terrible season. Um, had hadn't been playing well, mid table or something like that. Um, and. We get we get in at a cup final. It's a big big day at the end of the season. My good mate Greg, I'm still pals on to this day. Um, if, Greg, if you're listening, you killed us that day, and I'm about to tell the whole the whole Scottish youth football about it. So we're probably the underdogs for the game. But last thing our coach says to us, right? Let's try and get the first goal. Let's have a good start and get the, get get the crowd behind us. Blah blah. blah usual stuff. Anyway, other team have centre. Drop it back. Long ball and behind Gregor comes out. Nobody need him. He's five yards outside his box and he picks the ball up, gets sent off. Our striker was bagged thirty goals that season. Then had to put the gloves on and go on goals because he was only one tall enough to reach the crossbar. So not only have we had a man down, our goalie has been sent off within a minute, and our thirty goal a season striker is now in goals. Uh, anyway, I think we got beat four one or four nothing or something 
Anyway, uh, delighted to say now we can welcome our special guest for this week. It's Academy Director at Hibernian Football Club, Steve Keane. Steve, I'm sure lots of people listening to this will know who you are, but for those that don't, can you just give us a, a little introduction as to, to who you are, what you've done in your career and what it is you're currently doing at Hibs? Yeah, currently I'm the Academy Director. I've been here at the club for 18 months. Uh, probably if I, if I wanted to go back to the, the very start of my coaching career, uh, that was in the late 90s, starting at Reading Football Club, um, down in Berkshire when we were a championship club, you know, working in the academy there with Brendan Rodgers, Kevin Dillon, myself. Uh, we managed to, to kind of start the process going from centre of excellence into, you know, a full academy in the English system. Uh, then after seven years at Reading, I moved to Fulham Football Club to take up the same role as academy director in 2000 when John Tigana was there as, as manager uh, and stayed there for seven years at, at, at Fulham as well, uh, moving up later on in that um, journey to be assistant manager with Chris Coleman and uh, enjoy our time in the Premier League. So, you know, it was a good spell. We got many, many young players through from the academy into the first team. Then I moved to Real Sociedad in Spain, coaching. Uh, then to Coventry City, um, in the, the championship, where we had, we had a, a young Gilliam Buzalan who's now working on our coaching staff. Uh, Buzzy obviously played here at Hibs for our first team, but we had him as a player at, at Coventry. So, uh, you know, I go, go back a long way with Boozy. Um So after I left Coventry, I went to Blackburn Rovers, working in a more a capacity of bridging between first team and uh, academy, but mostly first team, and just developing the the young players there initially, the likes of Phil Jones, Grant Hanley, uh, Jason Lowe, Junior Hoylett, Martin Olsen, Marcus Olsen, a lot, lot of good, very, very young players that we managed to bring up and play in at the first team. Um, so a good time at Blackburn, then I left and went to Asia, working in Brunei um, uh, for the Sultan of Brunei's team there for four years. Uh, and then after that, I went to Australia, out to Melbourne Victory. And from Melbourne, Melbourne Victory, I came here. So had many different roles, mostly all um, working with players pre predominantly in development, but, but also in, in first teams as well. So, yeah, it's uh, when, when I actually talk about it, which I never do very much, it, it seems that I've been a lot of places. <laughs> Steve, a, a burning question. It must be, it must be an obvious one. Australia, Brunei, Spain, Trinent, where's the weather best? Definitely not in Trinent. <laughs> I, thought, I, thought you might, I thought you might have said probably, that. Probably the, the, wind, the windiest place that I've ever worked in in my life. But it's, I'm, I'm actually surprised how many sunny days we get. We get a lot of sun, which I didn't expect. But fantastic facilities we've got here. Um, and when the wind does drop, it's, it's so picturesque and it's, it's a great training ground. Yeah, got to agree. And coming through that, Facilitated Trinent just now, Steve. You've got a, a whole host of fantastic young players. Just tell us a little bit about the success of, of some of the, the youth sides um, earlier this season. Of course, everyone knows about the, the run in the UEFA Youth League as well as the success in the uh, in the reserve league. Can you just kind of run us through the, the achievements of, of the academy from this season? Yeah, well, first first of all, you know, I'm I'm online here speaking with you guys, but I've got to give credit to, you know, coaches and the people who have worked with the young players long before I got here. You know, in, in an academy, it's not 
only about you know the the later age group. That's probably you know the fruits of all the good work that's done further down at younger age groups and getting the base and getting the the intake at a very young age. That, that's very very important. And actually said to to our owner, our late owner, uh, Ron Gordon, that I was very impressed that the, the standard of player that we had inside the academy when I, I first came here. So that's credit to everybody who's worked long and hard before me. Uh, you know, but as they get a little bit older and they start to come through, people see them and they, you know, start to get a name for themselves. Like you said, last year we we managed to win the the under eighteen league and then compete in the European campaign against uh, Molden, Nantes, and Dortmund. You know, but you know those those lads have been together a long time. They know each other. Or, 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 Predominantly, a group of players born in 2004. You know, we Ethan Laidlaw born 2005, and then a sprinkling of some of the younger ones at 2006. So we we actually had quite a, a a young group, believe it or not, competing in that tournament. And then a lot of them, if not all of them, have all played in the the development league success in this campaign, where we managed to get a lot of good performances and um, you know win that league, do well and. Uh, certain friendlies that we've we've got a few left now against English clubs. We're still to play Middlesbrough next week, Newcastle, Everton. So we want to get that kind of cross-border, kind of hybrid model that that helps the development of the players. So you know, I'm really happy the way things are going. But I must must give credit to you know the the staff and the, everybody who's worked hard in getting those players into the academy. You know, a long time ago. If you look at some of the the boys in. Uh, in the youth ranks just now at Hibs I know Josh O'Connor and Ethan Laidlaw are, are ones that fans are particularly excited about is there any other names you, you would like to drop as, as players that you think have a, have a big future in this game? Well I think you know for the fans they, they'll obviously know uh, Josh from, from first of all his name you know obviously connected to his dad they'll see him on the bench for the first team a few times they'll see him you know winning penalties for the first team they'll see him in the Dortmund game They'll also have a, a glimpse of, of Ethan, you know, um, in the Dortmund game, especially. But if if we if anybody's seen the highlights of the game out in Nantes, where Ethan was fantastic, so you know, t- two very quick and direct players at the top end of the pitch. But you know, we've also got a fantastic young goalkeeper that I must mention. You know, Murray Johnson's been a an absolute you know backbone of both under 18s last year and this year's development team and went out on loan for a short spell at Airdrie and done very well and is now our first team backup goalkeeper to, to Marsh. So, you know, he's got a, a, a massive, massive future ahead of him. Uh, Kenayo Megwa, who's now playing development football, but also out on loan at Kelty. You know, he's, he's, he's had a great season, you know, season and a half. Uh, Jacob Blaney that is unfortunately injured at the moment dislocated his shoulder well out on loan but you know hopefully come back to full fitness soon uh, they're, they're two that's out on loan Josh McCulloch's out on loan uh, Robbie Hamilton's out on loan uh, um, maybe not getting as many minutes as we thought I think simply because he's at a team that's still in Albion that are on an unbeaten run you know and probably hard to force his way into the team but these lads are getting a little taste of men's football whilst some of them are still playing with us on a Tuesday in the development league so I think that model works where it's a bit of a hybrid 
you know, they get a, they get a loan uh, spot on a Saturday with a their team train Tuesday, Thursday evening with a club, loan club that is, train every other day with us and play with us on a Tuesday and get a little bit of uh, best of both worlds. So that's something that I think we're going to try and continue next year. So those lads have done really well. And then we've got a really, really strong crop underneath that haven't really been anywhere near the first team yet. All the lads born 2006, Ruben McAllister, Rudy Malopnikov, um, Jacob McIntyre, who are, you know, Owen Hastie are all in and around the, the Scotland setup, you know, which gives you a kind of an idea where they are, plus Harry Wright, Alfie Smith, and a lot of good younger ones that have yet to be seen. Yeah, you, you touched on the, the loan arrangements there, and I just want to talk to you about that. As academy director, just how important do you think that is for the, the development of these players to go out and get men's football and, uh, whilst on loan at these clubs or, or whilst playing against some older boys in the reserve leagues as well? Well, I, th- I, th- I think it's great if they play and we can never guarantee that's that's always the challenge. We can never guarantee that, you know, they're going to play. We hope that they're going to, they're going to play when they go out on loan. You know, Canaios went out to Kelty and played, you know, consistent, consistently. Some of the other lads that went out and not got as many minutes as we would have hoped. But that's the beauty of having the hybrid where they can then drop into the Tuesday games and play with uh, our... our a team in a development capacity so we think we can still get the minutes and they still train here so that that works for us and it, it works for them and gives them a taste of men's football uh, at that club having said that some of the time this year when we've played in the the reserve league we've played against you know I can think uh, Livingston Springs the ninth where uh, David David Martindale brought his whole first team. So we, we played against... He does that quite a lot, doesn't he? I've, I've seen them do that a few times. Well, they, they had 1,250 first team appearances between them. The 11 that were that started the game. So you can't get any more taste of men's football than playing against Livingston's first team. So that's the beauty of, of the, the development league. Sometimes you clubs play all their subs from a Saturday together with some of the younger players. Uh, and it gives that kind of feeling where you, th- this isn't a, a, a youth game. You know, there's people that are playing for a first team spot on the Saturday or coming back from injury or they're there to show the manager that they deserve to be in the first team on the Saturday. So it, it's it, it's been really good for us. Steve, some clubs take an alternative approach to trying to get that kind of men's football experience and Rangers, Celtic and Hearts all have teams competing in, in the Lowland League with, a, with their B teams. That's something that Hibs have, have opted not to do. Could, can you kind of yeah. shed some light on, on the, the club's decision to, to not enter something like that? Well, the main the main reason was that, you know, if, if you're playing in the, the Lowland League, and, you know, I think it's a good level, and the, the old firm and Hearts have decided to go with that, then that's predominantly at the same time as the first team game. So the, the, the model that we've went with, we're playing on a Tuesday. If we don't loan them out, then they can still be on the bench for the first team, as Joshua Connor has been, uh, as Oscar McIntyre has been, as Murray Johnson has been. Well, if we were in the, the Lowland League, they would be playing for us at the very same same time as the first team are kicking off. So obviously they can't they can't be on the bench and play in the B team. So we we felt that they could do a bit of both, um, and that that's been proven to be the case. 
Yeah, great. And some more general points, Steve, there'll be a lot. We've got a lot of young listeners who are keen footballers, some some boys that are at, at younger ages and, and maybe hoping to try and uh, carve themselves or, or, or pave a way into an academy setup. Have you got any advice for, for any young aspiring footballers looking to try and make that jump from, from boys club to academy football? Yeah, always, always know that there's somebody always watching a game when you least expect it. You know, there's... I, I can tell you a hundred times where I've went to watch a game and watch another player and came back and ended up signing somebody else. So for any boys that are playing out at boys club, you know, we've got scouts that are all over, you know, not only in Edinburgh, but over in Fife, you know, where Cass were net further afield. There's always somebody there watching. So it, it, it might be the, the most horrible of day. It might, you know, the, you know, might not be the best conditions in the world, but, there's probably somebody from a professional club watching. So uh, don't, don't ever think that, you, you know, you're too old or you're you're at a level where you're not going to be picked up. We, we've done it at Boys Club this year. We brought five, or, brought five or six from Boys Club straight in. And there was a lad who was actually a, go, a goalkeeper who's now training when he gets time off from school with David Marshall and with Stuart Gardner, first-team goalkeeper coach, who six months ago was playing with Portobello. So he's now training with our first team goalie and goalie coach. So it just shows you that, you know, it's never too late. And never too late. Does that does that apply to twenty one year olds playing for Strathclyde? You know, you get any any scouts to come to my game, Steve? No. Uh, you've missed a boat, pal. I'm sorry. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Uh, what 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 Hibs has lost is Strathclyde Uni's gain. I'm only joking. You you'd be surprised. Does you know you you look at the stories of guys that, that were released and playing at a, you know, a, a lower level and then somebody sees them, puts them into a, a slightly higher level, they get seen again, you know, the, 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 the list is endless of lads that have dropped into the part-time game or into non-league or into amateur football. Darren McGregor, for example, was playing junior football uh, and then managed to then go back up the ladder. So it doesn't actually matter what age you are. Yeah. You know, I was saying that tongue-in-cheek. You, you, you can always bounce back. Baz didn't sign his, I think, his first, or didn't play in the Premier League until he was about 24, 25, and went on to have, have a brilliant career. So it's, it's never too late. Yeah, another kind of demographic that we want to tap into for, for our viewers as well, it's not just young players, but we've got a lot of young coaches and aspiring coaches that, that, that listen yeah. to this podcast as well. Have you got any advice for them on, on, on how to try and, make it a similar question into the, the professional game or, or into part-time or, or full-time coaching? Well, I, I, th- I think always always be a student of the game. You know, you're, you're never you're never too young. So, sometimes people think they're too young, certainly never too old because we're, we're always learning. You know, we've been coaching for over 25 years. You're never too young. You know, any time I have a staff, a, a B licence or an A licence, you know, we see a lot of good young coaches that, um, you know, are confident in their own ability and, and confident about putting sessions on. I think always be a student and a scholar of the game. And, you know, if you can get into a full-time academy or you can get into a satellite club of an academy or even a, a club that's got an affiliation, a boys club that's got an affiliation with an academy, there's so many jobs in academy football um, because, you know, we've got so many teams you know, we're going for a, from our pre-academy with us three age groups before we even start with under-11s. And then we go 11s, 12s, 13s, all the way up 
to 18s to the development squad. So, so many positions. Um, I would always encourage young coaches to keep keep being a scholar of the game. And you know, if you get, ever get the opportunity to go and watch other people coach in different countries or different areas of the country, your own country, go and do it. Steve, just one final one from me before I, I, I let you go. Have you got any inspirations, anyone you, you, you look towards or anyone you looked at uh, when you were growing up in a, in a coaching capacity? Anyone you like to try and replicate? Well, I don't, I don't think you you try and... I think, I think you always try and be yourself and be the best you know, version of yourself. But I was lucky to to have help you know, along the way when I was a young coach at the SFA with you know, Craig Brown, you know, all the staff coaches that we had then, you know, Sir Alex was there, Walter Smith, you know, and then I went on to, to manage games where they're in the, the other dugout. So I, I've been fortunate that I've, you know, had a lot of help along the way. And, you know, I, I, I can only say to young coaches, you know, get your, get your coaching certificates as early as you can, because you don't, even if you're still playing, we'd actually try to put some of our young players through their coaching license, licenses because it changes the way you think about the game and the way you look at it. And it will, if you're still playing, it'll make you a better player. And then when you finish, you know, it will, it will help you pick up the next part of your career because coaching is probably the next best thing to play. Um, so, yeah, just, just learn and take as many courses as you can, as early as you can. Yeah, Steve, I'd just like to say once again, thank you again so much for, for taking the time um, out of your busy schedule to come and speak to us this evening. It's massively appreciated and everyone at Youth Football Scotland would like to wish yourself and everyone at Hibs, maybe apart from Angus, all the best for, for the rest of the season and for the future. My pleasure, anytime, guys. Once again, thank you very much to Steve Keane, Academy Director at Hibs, for joining us. Thank you to my glamorous assistant, Robin McDonald, and our two guest reporters, Logan Black and Angus Blackhawk. It's been a blast. Episode 3 has been a great one. Don't forget, you can come and ask your questions um, on the podcast, podcast at youthfootballscon.co.uk. And remember, every Wednesday, Mark it in the diary, get it down. We'll be here bringing you a brand new episode every week with plenty to discuss over the coming weeks and the summer. For now, thank you very much and see you in the next one.